We open it up to everybody and anybody. So this coming Friday night, we'll have a party at our house. Bring out something to throw on the grill, aside, and uh, whatever you want to blow up. I kind of put out a bunch of tables and stuff to work off of, and we try and keep it safe. Don't worry. We're not just letting everybody willy-nilly. But it's a lot of fun, and it's a great chance to fellowship. So if you want to do that this coming Friday and join us, it's kind of hard to take it too serious when you're looking at a guy that's missing parts. from. But I didn't do it with fireworks. So, <laughs> yeah, this is from last year. It went a little south. No. <laughs> Those of you that are new in here are probably just thinking, what is wrong with this guy? So it's all all for fun. So what? Homemade fireworks. fireworks, That's right. No. So anyway, just it's just a good time, a good chance to get together, fellowship, and hang out. So uh, if you want to be a part of that, come talk to me afterwards. If you don't know where we live, six o'clock Friday night, and we'll just eat and blow stuff up later on. So. With that, if you want to stand up, we'll do our confession this morning. Abel, lead us on that. Amen. Let's say this like we mean it. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips.
no one, there is no one like you. no one there is no one like you be exalted in this place God of mercy and grace let your name forevermore be lifted high. For your praise is on our lips as we sing about your goodness. May our words and through our lives testify. So be exalted in this place, oh God of mercy and grace. Let your name forevermore be lifted high. For your praise is on our lips as we sing about your goodness. May our words and through our lives testify. May my words and may my life testify. May my words and may my life testify to be exalted. To be exalted. Through my words. Through my life, who be exalted. Who be exalted. It's be exalted. Through my word. Through my life, it's be exalted. So be exalted in this place, God of mercy and grace. Let your name forevermore be lifted high. Oh, your praise is on our lips As we sing about your goodness May our words and through our lives We testify May our words and through our lives We testify
soul Don't you get shy on me Lift up your soul Cause you got a lion inside of your lungs To get up and praise the Lord Come on my soul Don't you get shy on me Lift up your song Cause you got a lion inside of your lungs Get up and praise the Lord up my voice in a heavenly song and I worship you Lord yes I worship you Lord 
to Jesus There is one name There is one way He's the truth and the life I give it all to Jesus I give it all to Jesus We welcome you, our King, our Lord, and our Savior. We worship you. (laughs) We worship you. Thus says the Spirit of grace, I'm restoring a spirit of expectation in this place. As the lame man sat at the gate, expecting to receive something. So shall you every week enter those doors expecting healing. Expecting the word of the Lord to come forth. Expecting signs, wonders, and miracles. Yes, the spirit of grace is restoring the spirit of expectancy in this place. So open up your eyes to see and your ears to hear and draw near to me. For I am doing a new thing in this hour and I desire to pour out my spirit and my power. But you, my people, must expect it to happen. Don't become complacent. Don't become indifferent. But expect my spirit to move in this hour. We worship you today. And yes, Father, we do expect your presence and your manifested glory in this place. For we love you and we honor you. And all God's people said, all God's people said, I'm expecting in this place. Amen. You may be seated. receive this morning's size and offerings in a few minutes. In the meantime, I've got a few quick announcements for you. Um, obviously, next Sunday is the 4th of July. It's also the first Sunday of the month, so it's donut day from 9.15 to about 9.45. We have donuts and coffee in the fellowship hall just as a chance for you to get to know one another and spend time for one another, with one another. Also, since Sunday is the 4th of July and Independence Day, this is a big week for this nation. So Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we will be praying for the nation. 
then I want you to make sure you take note of these dates. This will be a big week for the nation. The middle of September is going to be a big week for Nebraska. On Sunday, September 12th, Mike Keyes will be ministering here. Apostolic ministry, ministered for years, powerful man of God, great teacher of the word of God, September 12th, morning and evening. On September 16th, the week of September 16th, Lord of Hosts, Pastor Hank and Brenda Kuhneman are hosting a conference in Omaha. It filled up so fast on pre-registrations, they've had to go to an open or rent a convention center to host it. They are taking registrations now online. And even at that, you better get signed up if you want to go. On Thursday night, September 16th, Mario Murillo will be ministering. On Friday morning, uh, Jean Bailey will be ministering. On Friday night, Kent Christmas will be ministering. On Saturday morning, Pastor Hank and Brenda. And then on Saturday, I'm not sure the rest. You can get on and look. But if you're interested, you you need to go to the website of Lord of Hosts, Omaha, Nebraska. And you'll figure it out or call somebody that knows more about online stuff than me. But I would encourage you to do that. Even if it's just one meeting, if it's you can go for several. We need to join together as believers in this state because we're believing for this state as well as the United States. Okay, we are, uh, I've been sharing, let's talk for a few minutes about the Holy Spirit and then we'll receive the offering. Uh, Last week we talked about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking of tongues. God never does anything just to do it. He just says, oh, that'd be funny. No, he always has a purpose for what he does. So there is a purpose for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus told the disciples, I've got to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come because then he can indwell each one of us. So even with that, there are two functions of the Holy Spirit that should be evident in our lives, two purposes. One is for private, one is for public. We're talking about private because until you get the private right, The public doesn't work well. So get the private function of the Holy Spirit in your life. Get that rolling. Last week I shared this scripture in Jude 20. It says, but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So one of the private purposes of having the Holy Spirit in your life is to build yourself up spiritually in here. And we need to, you need to do that on a regular basis. You need to, if you have to start small, start small, but build up. That's what you do in weightlifting. Apply the same purpose, same principles. Today I want to read you, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Romans chapter 8. We'll talk about purpose number two for the Holy Spirit in our personal lives. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read 24 through 26. It says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he does, for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we know not how to pray as we 
For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. One of the primary purposes for the Holy Spirit in your life with praying in tongues is because there are just times you don't know what to pray. There are people sometimes, I I don't know what to pray for. When you pray for your children, you don't know what the future holds. You don't know specifically what God has planned for them. Pray it out in the Holy Spirit. And the nice thing about that is when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in control. You aren't. There ever been times when you just wanted to get somebody and you can pray in the flesh? Don't do that. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're praying out the perfect will of God because it's the Spirit of God praying through your spirit. So when you pray in tongues, you build yourself up, you strengthen yourself in your inner man. And then when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you can pray out the perfect will of God even when you don't always know the perfect will of God. Now, you know the word of God is the will of God, but sometimes there's specifics we don't know how to pray about. And you can pray about that. And a lot of times when I pray, I'll just say, now, Father, I just have this on my heart or this person on my heart. I'd like to pray for this or pray for them in tongues. And then sometimes something will come up in my spirit and I'll pray it in English. Usually it's the word of God. But I want to give you one real life example of this because I think sometimes the stories help bring it home. About 26 years ago, this time of year, on a Sunday afternoon, we got a phone call. And it was a family that lived south of town that attended this church. And the daughter, the 16-year-old daughter, was driving. The dad was in the passenger front seat. The mom was in the passenger back seat. Two young boys, I think they were driving a pickup, ran a stop sign going extremely fast and hit them on, on the driver's side. Blunt force. And it wasn't good. It was terrible. And they got them to the hospital. The mom in the back seat was injured, but not severely. The dad was severely injured. And the daughter was all but dead. And Mike was in, Mike was in the emergency room up here. They were getting ready. They were just going to take him to Omaha immediately. And a doctor won't usually say something like this, but the doctor said to Mike, he says, there's nothing left for her but to pray. And they took them to Omaha. And sometimes you just, we want to see something miraculous instantly. It wasn't miraculous instantly. They got them down there. Within a few days, the dad started to revive. He was going to make it, but there was just little or no hope for her. She hadn't revived. They were expecting severe brain trauma injury but on about the accident was on Sunday by Friday she was completely awake and alert with no sign of brain injury they had expected when she got out of the hospital she would need extensive therapy she was out in week two received a little therapy but not much she lives in Kansas City now is a mother a wife and was just one of the most miraculous things I've seen in the years that we've been here. Just, we, sometimes we want a miracle instantly. Sometimes there's a little bit of time. But why I'm telling you this is, while he was in the emergency room with them, I was in the hospital room with the mom. And she said to me, 
the accident was so bad, they were just pinned in. She says, while we were waiting for the ambulance, she says, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if they were dead or alive. I didn't know if they were living or dead. I couldn't do anything. I was pinned in. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I just prayed in tongues. I just prayed in tongues. She said, the the EMTs got here. They must have thought I was crazy. I was just praying in tongues. But see, this is what that was for when you don't know what to pray as you ought. But the thing is, so many times when we pray in English, we will pray in fear, in our flesh. She was praying in tongues. She was speaking the word in faith. And it made all the difference in the world. There were other, there's other factors. There's always factors. But I believe that was a perfect example. She did the exact right thing. She had prayed in tongues before that. She had built herself up in her most holy faith. But when the life was on the line, she spoke the word of God out of her spirit and prayed in tongues, and they got their miracle. So that's a perfect example of why God sent us the Holy Spirit and the the opportunity, the ability, and the privilege of praying in other tongues. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. I, I want to do something a little bit different today. I'm I'm kind of a spontaneous guy. And I was sitting there today listening to music. Um, and I heard this song. And it just did something in me. It sparked me. And I went right up to him and asked, who is this? Well, it's a new group. Can you tell them a little bit about the group and what's the name of the song or... All right. So anyways, I just discovered this group. The name of the group is Carrollton. I don't know a whole lot about them. I just found them out this week, but honestly, I can't stop listening to them. Uh, They have an attitude, the kind of attitude we need uh, these days. I'm not ashamed. I'm not afraid. Some of you know that in a very real way of what happened this week. But these guys, (laughs) these guys, I don't know if they're from Carrollton, Texas. I don't know a lot about them, but the more that I listen to them, the more I – there's just something there – on a deeper level. So this song is called Made for This. I want you to listen to this. So you might want to get the earplugs out. I take a breath I'm not gonna lose This is what I came here to do I walk 
Now, that's a song about your destiny. You were made for this. I was made for this. Then that's an attitude. Amen. I get where's Micah? Get me that CD, would you? I'll tell you what. I I'm I don't apologize for the 70s. I grew up in the 70s, and I'm like kick butt, rock and roll. Amen. And it's not you know there's nothing wrong with rock and roll if you got the right lyrics. And you have Jesus behind it. If you think you're going to get to heaven and just listen to certain kinds of music, I'm listening to that. That's right. Amen. Would you put that up for me, please? Our purpose today. I don't know how far we'll get, but uh, I'm glad you're here today. We've been in the in the, the book of Esther, talking about Esther and Mordecai and you talk about a couple people that saved a nation. They literally did by their obedience to God. So this is what I want you to re- I'll read it to you. It says, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You and your family have an important part to play in this new season. Harvest Church has a corporate responsibility. And you have a personal responsibility to focus on, fight for, and fulfill your spiritual destiny. God wants you and I to be aware of our times our opportunities, and our destiny. Now, I, I want you, I, I probably should print that out and have you make a bookmark out of it, but I want you to get that in you. You, get, you got me? I want, I want you to get, get that in you. So, there's a threefold purpose. You have a part to play. You must discern the times and seasons of God, and you must see the big picture. Thank you. You can take it down. So, we're going to go on, and um, we're just not done talking about the big picture. Amen. Is that all right? And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to skip my introduction. There's two pages right there you don't have to listen to. Amen. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 5. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Ever since I've been a young, was a young Christian, I, I love reading this. And of course, this is Old Testament where the ark is brought into the temple. And, uh, of course, King Solomon was there, and everything was in divine order. And I want to pick up, and I want to read in chapter 5 and verse 11 what happened when they brought the ark in. You can read, you know, start at the beginning and read that at some other time, but I want you to see the result of something. Because, you know, that third part was talking about, you know, kingdom. We need to be kingdom-minded people. And we need to be in unity. And that's what I want to talk to you today and start talking to you about unity. Everyone say unity. You know, I I remember Buddy Harrison used to say this. He said, you can tie two cats' tails together, but they're not necessarily going to be in unity. Now, you might call them unified, but they're not. And so... It's, it's our job today as, as, as fivefold ministry gifts is to rally the troops. And I want to read this, and then I want to tell you a story that I, that I heard this week. It's an interesting story. In chapter 5, verse 11, it says, And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had what? Sanctified or consecrated themselves. See, now you, you make sure you do that on the way to church on Sunday morning. 
If you need to repent, repent. Amen. But get your heart right. It says this, um, without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers and those of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments and harps. And you, you think about that, you think about just harps, you just got the wrong idea about that. This was loud. I'll guarantee you, it was loud. And with them, 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Can you imagine having Phil, Phil Driscoll type 120 trumpets? Some of you don't even know who Phil Driscoll You know who Phil Driscoll was. I bet you, how many of you know who Maynard Ferguson was? <laughs> Just a few of you. Those were trumpet players. And it says this, indeed, indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as what? One. To make what? One sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Say that. For he is good. For his mercy endures forever. That the house. The house of the Lord was filled with a what? A cloud. So that the priest could not continue to stand to minister. What do you mean? It means they fell over. Right, because of the cloud. Everyone say cloud. The cloud of glory. The manifested presence of God was in their midst. Why was God manifesting His presence? Because they were one. One voice. One sound. And it says, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. That's what I long for, is the glory of the Lord filling the house of God in this hour. Now, I heard this Robin Bullock story. I, was, I like that guy. How many of you know who he is? Prophet. I like him. My wife likes him because he's kind of a rebel. I just get tired of the hair flicking around all the time. I, but I like his style. I like his voice. But he told this story, and he was ministering on 11-11-11 in a church somewhere, and, and he said, Jesus showed up. And they took a picture. How many of you saw it? Did you see it? And he said, he, when he was up on the stage, he could tell it was like a mist. And he got a word of knowledge about somebody having a, a, a serious blood infection. That's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Well, when it was all said and done, at the end of the service, he, he, he had his phone or somebody had taken a picture of the service, and they showed it. And it was real grainy. It wasn't clear. And you could just see it was real hard to, to discern. You could see, see people. And it was, what it was, was the glory of God. 
And then in the back, by a pole, he said, now look. He had to point it out to, to um, what's his first name? Steve, is it Schultz? He is a sweet man. If you watch that Elijah streams, that man's heart is as pure as they come. And he couldn't see it. And he was looking. And then finally Bullock pointed out. He said, look at by the pole there. And there was Jesus. You couldn't see his face, but you could discern the long hair and the beard. And he was sitting right where this young girl was sitting who was supposed to have her leg amputated the next day because of MRSA. A very serious blood, you know, infection. And she was healed. Now, I, I thought that's a good example, modern-day example, because, you know, he didn't go and lay hands on this girl. He didn't, signif- you know, pray a significant prayer that I know of. But see, once the glory of God shows up in your midst, things happen. The atmosphere shifts. Things change. People are healed. People are filled instantly with the Spirit of God. Boy, that's what I long for. I don't know about you, but that's what I, what I desire. See, that, that's what I want to I start today. We won't finish, but, you know, talking about how important it is. Oh, it's 10.54, and i got to be done in six minutes. Um, those days are gone. As long as there's anointing and God wants you to continue, we'll continue. I won't, I won't labor too long, but... You want you want the God's want God's glory. I desire God's glory. And that's why it's so important we come together in unity. But most Christians don't understand true unity. They just don't they don't understand. And that's why we need to teach and we need to exhort the body of Christ about unity. I want you to look at Ecclesiastes, please. Chapter four. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and I want you to look at verse 9. We're talking this morning about the call to unity, the call to God's glory. You're going to have unity, you're going to have his manifested glory. I want you to see this. The first thing is unity is a threefold chord. Say that. Unity is a threefold chord. It says in verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. But a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Unity is a triple braided cord. For example, it's Abe and I and Jesus. And if you have a combination like that, you you have a brother or sister in Christ, your mate, and plus Jesus, that's a threefold cord that is not easily broken. Amen? That's what unity is. One friend plus another plus Christ makes the cord not easily broken. And, and that's what we need in the days ahead. 
Now, in the early days when I was younger and we started, we had an organization called Upper Midwest Believers, and we began to see that kind of unity with other ministers in the area. There was one in Yankton, one in Newman Grove. There was one in Columbus. There was one in Fullerton, Neely, Norfolk. And there was a group of ministers that got together and had, had one, one agenda, and that was to promote the gospel in this area. And, and for a while, for a few years, it was good. We had na- big-name speakers in. Uh, we had Buddy Harrison. We had uh, Ed Dufresne in. We had Charles Capps, Happy Caldwell, except Happy wasn't happy when he didn't get to the airport on time. I'll tell you what I learned as a young minister. Take these ministers to the airport and sit in a car with them for a while. And you'll discover some things. Good and bad. Back to the story. We all came together. We had wonderful meetings. We had some blessed meetings. And then somebody warned us about the enemy getting in there and sowing strife and disrupting this unity. Well, that's exactly what happened. You know, thank God we sowed a lot of good seed while we were unified. But then after that, everything was gone. And so when you go through something like that as a, as a young minister and you, you see the positive side of it and then yet you see the negative side of it, it, it tends to make you, what would be the word? Perplexed. The Apostle Paul was perplexed a lot. Perplexed and not quite so quick to get involved again. You're very cautious. That's the word. You're cautious. So, you know, I believe God will remove the the first to establish the second. I think that's a spiritual principle. So I think there's something coming here that is going to really display God's unity. And it'll be genuine. But it's going to take men and women that are willing to lay down their self and not promote their own ministry, their own aspirations, their own dreams, but it'll be just to promote Jesus. Now, if your dream or your aspiration is what God wants, then that's so be it. But we have to be so careful that, that self doesn't get here involved in the days ahead. We've got to make sure, like this morning, everything points to Jesus. That's why I'm telling you, Harvest Church, I appreciate you coming to pray on Wednesday night. For a few years, I'd have Brad, Pastor Brad once in a while. I'd walk out, Kathy and I'd walk out so you could pray for the leaders. You need to pray for your pastors. You need to pray for your spiritual leaders. I pray for probably half a dozen Men and women of God, there are fivefold ministry gifts that I have a, a relationship and have fellowship with. And I name their names and I pray the prayers of Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians over them and I speak their name. We need each other. That's what unity is. It's a threefold cord. Look at Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Amos 3. 
right after Joel. Amos 3. Look at verse 3. So unity will bring God's glory. Unity is a threefold cord. And this is another one. Unity demands agreement. Say that. Unity demands agreement. How can two walk together unless they be what? Agreed. That's what it says here in Amos. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? And that's what we need in the days ahead. We need to be in agreement about what God wants. We need to be in, in agreement about God's kingdom authority. Amen? We need to be in agreement for God's plans and purposes to be fulfilled. I'll clue you, we in Nebraska, we're different. We're different. Now, I had a, yeah, I had a, we did a flea market yesterday in the rain all day. And you know, we left blessed. It pays to serve God. But I had this woman come in and nice older couple. And she said, will you take a check? We, we're, we're here and you know, we live in Fremont, I think. I says, I'll be glad to take your check. You're from Nebraska, but if you're from California, I won't. And she looked at me and her eyes got big and she looked over her glasses. I've only been a year, here a year and I'm from California. But I already had her check. We're different here. We think different here than people back east. We're not so liberal minded here. I was in the backyard mowing the yard Thursday night. And I'm almost done. She comes home. Come here, come here, come here, come here. She had to tell me what happened at the library. Had an altercation. Had a, a liberal woman come in screaming in the meeting at the top of her lungs, yelling things that just didn't make sense. And of course, good old Abe, the brown eyes were flashing, got up. And then she got up because she didn't want, because the woman shoved Abe. And she didn't want him to lose his job. So she got up and got in her face. And was very calm. I, I, you know. From what I can tell. Why don't you. Aren't you like that with me? <laughs> but. She, they got. They called the police. Drug the woman out of there. I don't think she's from here. Probably. A plant. But we're different. And, we, and we've, we've got to realize God is going to, yes, pour out His Spirit. But everybody's different. Every church is different. Every preacher is different. But there's something on this church. And... It's an anointing from heaven, and it's for a purpose. And one of the main purposes is prayer. I wish I could say raising the dead or did, casting out devils, but it's just it comes back to prayer. Because you're never going to have God's manifested glory unless you're people of prayer. 
Unity demands agreement. How can two walk in oneness unless they've met and go in the same direction? That's what it means. There can be no unity with one another until we walk with God. And there are Christians out there all over in churches think they're in unity. But unless their hearts are right with God, how's your heart going to be right with your brother and sister? It's that simple. And that's what's going on. God is bringing together his people. Thank God for Mario Morello. Men like Kent Christmas and, you know, um, Robin Bullock and Pastors Hank and Brenda Kuhneman that are their voices in this hour. Oh, thank God for these people. We need to pray for them. But God is, God is doing something. And, but we need, we need to get an agreement. And we need to seek after God and cry out to God for what He wants to do here in Nebraska. What He wants to do in, in our city, in this region. I'll give you one more and I'll quit. Unity requires, look at Matthew 5, 9. Unity requires you to be a peacemaker. My, the other night, I believe Pastor Kathy was was a peacemaker. Abe and I would have probably not been peacemakers. Probably not. Yeah, well. God's developing the peacemaker in you. There's the spirit of the warrior in you. But there's the peacemaker too. And it's hard sometimes to learn <laughs> how to differentiate spirit of the warrior or peacemaker. But peacemaker is important. And you've got to learn how to be a peacemaker. What's the scripture say? Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called what? Sons and daughters of the Most High God. I wrote this down in the margin of my Bible. This, I, this is a good statement. Listen to this statement. A peacemaker is willing to give up his or her perceived rights as he or she pursues a path of seeking and advancing, advancing harmony among other individuals, families, and nations so they can experience peace through God's love. A peacemaker is willing to give up his or her perceived rights as they pursue a path of seeking and advancing harmony among other individuals, families, and nations so they can experience peace through God's love. See, it's not about us. It's about what he wants. And, and we live in an hour, folks. Some of the things that are being broadcasted over television and radio and media, the lies, the corrupt, you know, it makes you angry. Does that mean I'm supposed to quit or what? <laughs> Didn't like what I had to say about being a peacemaker. Okay. Preaching, I could do it. But we're all going to have to be peacemakers. Let's stand up this morning. Sometimes it's hard to unhook, and, and that's where you, you, you just got to learn how to unhook and pick up and move on next time. You don't have to get, I don't have to give you both barrels.
Amen. I can give you one. That's enough. So purpose today that you're going to be one that expects God's glory to manifest. Purpose today that you're going to be a peacemaker. You're going to, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, you got to bow down. And if somebody's coming against you and attacking you, you, the spirit of the warrior, yes. But there's times when you just need to learn to shut up. Guys like Abe and I, sometimes that's difficult. But we have to learn those things. Because we want others to experience the peace of Jesus Christ. Father, today I pray for your people. Lord, I thank you for the work that you're doing in my heart. I thank you for the the work that you're doing individually in the hearts of the people of Harvest Church. The work that you're doing in this group of people corporately. Lord, we have a destiny to fulfill. Father, we want your glory to be manifested. But we all have a personal responsibility to get our act together. Come into agreement. Around your word, Father. So, Spirit of grace, we call upon you this morning to help us. To continue to teach us what we do not see or understand. If we don't get it, speak to us again so we do get it. But I declare and decree this morning, everyone here shall fulfill their destiny in Christ. Young, old alike, everyone here will fulfill their spiritual destiny. And Satan, you're bound in the name of Jesus from hindering and distracting God's mighty army in this hour. Father, I thank you, Father. We're expecting miracles. We're expecting healings. We're expecting sudden moves of the Spirit of God. We're expecting your grace and your mercy manifested in our families and in this church. We thank you, Father, that we can take the peace of Jesus Christ out into the world so others can experience, Lord. Anoint everyone for service, even for this new week ahead. Order their steps in your word. For the steps of the people of Harvest Church are ordered of the Lord. Though they fall, they shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord shall uphold them with his hand. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering us this week to do the work of the ministry. We love you and we honor you this day in Jesus' name. Is everyone born again here? Let me see if Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. If you're not filled yet with the Spirit of God, with evidence and speaking in other tongues, just keep Availing yourself to our teaching, your private time crying out to God, it'll happen. Is there anyone here today needs prayer for your physical body, healing? Anyone else? Praise God. Pastor Brad, why don't you come and help me pray today? Just kick my bottle of water. That was my favorite bottle of water. Yes, sir. You know what? We've already prayed for that. 
So what you need to do is just continue every day. Thank you, Father. Jesus, you're my healer. But we'll speak to the pain. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak. I command the pain to go from this foot in the name of Jesus. For healing is in the name. We speak Jesus to that foot. Jesus is greater than the pain in that foot. It must go. Thank you, Father, for full and complete healing in Jesus' name. <coughs> amen. 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 You're, you're doing better. You're against. Yeah, I know. I, had, I took him down. I forgot when that surgery was. It's been a while. It's <coughs> all right. Amen. Anything else? Let's go eat. God bless you.